Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Laval Rocket keep their playoff hopes alive. We have Masterton nominees, and what should we be rooting for in the final days of the NHL season? All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 820 of Locked on Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Remember to make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. And as always, thank you so much for subscribing. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. Uh, wherever you get your daily podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Subscribe, ring the bell to get notified every time we post new episodes. I am your host. I am Scott Metla. The Active Stick is currently uh, encountering technological issues with her recording equipment and such, and so it is just me uh, for the time being. Laura will be back before too long, so do not worry about that. And the Canadians are not playing any meaningful hockey games this week. Well, meaningful to them, I am pretty sure at this point. We're going to talk a little bit later on about what we should be rooting for and what this week means overall for the Habs and the games they have left. But a team that is currently playing meaningful hockey games in that every single game is win or probably go home. The Laval Rocket are in the midst of one of the tightest playoff races I've ever seen in the AHL. And they were in a tight one last year too, and ended up qualifying as of right now with tonight's games, all said and done. There were two games that were played tonight. Cleveland played in Grand Rapids, the team chasing the rocket and the rocket played against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And one of those makeup games from, I believe it was the Christmas snowstorm, ice storm, whatever it was across the Northeast that buried everybody. At the end of tonight, with 70 games played and two games left to play for the Laval Rocket, 72 points. Cleveland, 69 games played. Nice. 71 points. Cleveland holds one game in hand on the Rocket. And the Rocket have to play the Marlies who have clinched the division title, have 88 points, are very good. And they have to play the Syracuse Crunch again, who are still fighting for seeding ground in the AHL North. I have to double-check what the Cleveland schedule looks like here. It's going to be tight. And let's see here. Final three games, they play the Utica Comets at Utica. And then they play two games Saturday and Sunday, uh, one at Rochester and one in Cleveland, back-to-back. So the Laval Rockets' final game is Friday night. That is what they end the season at. And if they win out, they can finish with, I believe it is 76 points. Cleveland, if they win out, will finish with 77. 
the Rocket do not control their own destiny outside of the games they play. And if they keep winning, great. But for fans of the Rocket, got to start cheering for Utica and Rochester for these final three games here. Because any dropped points by Cleveland is a big boost for the Rocket, who are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. A pretty immense amount of effort being put in here. Getting into tonight's game. The Rocket got a huge boost. They got four names back. Yessi Alonen, Rafael Harvey-Pinard, Caden Primo, and Corey Schooneman were all back in Laval for this game because the Canadians do not play until Wednesday. They sent these reinforcements down so the Rocket could have that boost that they needed to secure a win here. And boy, did they need that. The Penguins were an absolutely game team tonight. They were very dangerous. The scoreline says 4 nothing, but this is a game that very easily could have turned in the second period because the Rocket were not getting the breakthroughs that they were hoping for. They were the much better team in the first period, and then the Penguins just kind of cycled them down in the second one, and the Rocket were just holding on to that lead. Yessi Alonen scores a big power play goal and a 5-on-3. Kind of puts the game a little bit on ice. Gabriel Bork makes it 3 nothing. Donick Martel with a 4 nothing empty netter. The story of this game is 100% Caden Primo was dialed in. And I gave Caden Primo some flack on Monday's episode. Some of that was deserved because he wasn't what he needed to be against Cleveland on Friday night. Against the Penguins, he was everything the Rocket needed and more. He had he made a he had a 41 save shutout in this game. And without him, the Penguins might have just romped in that second period. I've posted some of the highlights. If I wanted to post every big save he made, I would have had a 20-tweet thread at that point. Caden Primo made me eat words, which is good. I like to be wrong about prospects like this. And I look at just how good he has been down the stretch for the Rocket that maybe that one game in Cleveland shouldn't be held against him because he's been immense otherwise. The hard part for the Rocket now is the Canadians play on Wednesday and Thursday. The Rocket also play on Wednesday. The Canadians currently do not have a healthy backup goaltender available to them. And I have two theories on what they can do here. They can just sign Kevin Poulin to like, you know, an NHL contract for the rest of the season, call him up and stick him on the bench and have Dobish and Primo run the show in Toronto. Or because the season is over, Frederick D show and Frolunda are out of the SHL playoffs. They are done. It is over with. Dobish, or not Dobish, Disho needs an NHL contract or his rights will be, he will go to being a free agent. And I look at this and go, if your backup's not going to play, if Samuel Montembeau is going to play, you, you just sign him, stick him on the bench, figure out a way to make the cap work. Because I assume they have people who can do that. Hell, sign an ATO, who cares? Apparently that's legal. I, I'm kind of down for the chaos of the gnome being the backup there, or maybe Jake Allen will be healthy enough and they will just put him on the bench there. It's not going to play, mind you. It's very interesting because they went to Kevin Poulin against Syracuse while Caden Primo was called up. 
and Poulin responded with a strong game. Toronto is a very good team. They're slumping as of late, but they've already clinched. They're a very, very well-coached team, and they always give the Rocket fits. That game on Wednesday is gigantic on a lot of different levels. Getting a point out of that is huge. Getting two would be taking a weight off of someone's shoulders there. I'm very interested to see uh, what the Canadians do, because I assume they play on Thursday. They play the, or they play the Bruins. They're what or what is left of the Bruins on Thursday. And they will send everyone down for that game on Friday. And they will go full bore at the crunch as a last gasp thing here. Uh, moving on though, we do have trophy nominations are slowly coming out. Today was the Masterton. I'm going to talk about the Canadians nominee, and why it might be time to refocus the Masterton Award a little bit. And that's all coming up next. But first, as I said off the top of the show, today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now is the best time to join because new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up. Place your first bet and get $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you could bet on how many home runs Aaron Judge is going to hit in a game, how many pitcher, how many strikeouts is this pitcher going to get, or build a same-game parlay to increase your chance at winning even more. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of Major League Baseball and us here at Locked On. We are back here at Locked On Canadians and trophy season is upon us. The nominees are slowly starting to come out for some of the awards. Today was the nominees for the Master Tim Memorial Trophy. Perseverance and dedication to the sport of hockey. And there's a lot of names that every team knows every fan of every team knows why this person got nominated for the Montreal Canadians. Their nominee was this season was Alex Belzeal. I could have seen it being Samuel Montembeau. I could have seen it being someone like Jake Allen, but I look at Alex Belzeal and it was a perfect choice for what this award is supposed to be about. It's about perseverance and make and you know dedication to the sport of hockey and Alex Belzeal is kind of showing exactly what it takes to be that guy he's 31 years old and this is the first time he's played a a real amount of NHL games he played 11 last year okay and two the year before that since he was uh since he came out of the QMJHL in the 2011-2012 season uh, where he played for Ramuski. He went to the Gwinnett Gladiators in the ECHL and the Sylvain Lefebvre era Hamilton Bulldogs. Back to the ECHL where he played in Gwinnett, went to Alaska, went to Idaho with the Steelheads the next year in the ECHL, spent a year in the uh, part of the year with the San Antonio Rampage and the Fort Wayne Comets between the AHL and ECHL. Same thing next year, 45 games in the AHL with the Rampage. Uh, 17 games with the Colorado Eagles in the ECHL. Another year in the AHL with the San Antonio Rampage, where he put up 34 points in 61 games. And then his break came in. 
signed with the Laval Rocket in 2018, 2019. 74 games with the Rocket. Zero NHL games the next year with the Canadians. 20 games with the Laval Rocket. Uh, I believe that was the COVID shortened season, though, where things got a little bit wonky and a little bit weird at the end of that season. Played six playoff games for the Canadians that year. Got a playoff assist against the Penguins. Next year, two games with the Canadians, 17 games with the Rocket. That was the condensed Canadian-only division. They didn't play a lot of games, and I believe he was injured for part of that. 14 points in 17 games. Last year, 11 games with the Canadians. Only 32 games with the Rocket. Battled injuries a lot last year. 15 playoff games where he had nine points and somehow had 44 penalty minutes, which is impressive. This year with the Canadians, he finally stuck at an NHL level for a longer period of time. 14 points in 31 games, and he played 31 games as one of the captains for the Rocket with Belzeal called up. They gave the captain C to uh, Gabrielle Bork, who has been doing a very good job there. If that's not perseverance where he's not, he toughed it out playing in Alaska and Fort Wayne and all in toiling away in the AHL for all these years to finally make his NHL debut. And then this year to finally stick as an NHL player, getting his first NHL goal, scoring big goals, scoring impressive goals, nonetheless, for a trophy that is about perseverance and how it's a dedication to the sport of hockey. Alex Belzeal is perfect. I do not think he will win this award, and that's okay. It's not meant to be a competition. And my co-host mentioned this to me, is that the Masterton Trophy is about to be about perseverance. And every year we see every story of, you know, I battled through this personal tragedy and it becomes very weird in that the award becomes a competition between fan bases about who has suffered the most and why they deserve to win because their suffering is worse than your suffering. And I think there needs to be a refocusing of this award is that yes, all of these players have battled through different levels of things as they've gone on. Absolutely 100% true. I don't want to make it a competition to see whose pain was the worst. Because that's dehumanizing to players is that, ah, well, we're just going based on your suffering or this. I don't love the idea of that. I really want it to be about these players who have worked hard to get back to where they're at. Carey Price won it last year, going through repeated knee surgeries and just trying to get back to play at the NHL level again. And he was able to, admittedly, maybe he shouldn't have, who knows. And every year it is something different. And I just don't want to see this about being about, ah, well, that suffering is not as bad as this suffering and this it's that no. And this is mostly a message to fans is stop making it a measuring contest about, ah, well, our nominee, you know, suffered this and that's worse than this suffering. What might not be much to you might be a lot worse to somebody else. And I don't want the Masterton to be this macabre, like parade of personal suffering. You want to be inspired that these players came back and worked through these things. And that's the important part about that. The suffering is horrible, but it's the inspirational part of it is that 
they overcame this and move forward here is that it's inspiring on so many different levels. And I think that is, we need to refocus on that part of it because it's always very weird and it always happens. And I hate watching it because it's weird and it's uncomfortable. It doesn't need to be about who suffered the most. It doesn't. And that is all I've kind of got to say on that. We're going to go talk the final couple games of the Hab season here. What does the rooting guide look like? What is the state of the Canadians' picks right now? And we're going to get into all that and more coming up next. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. The Habs play their final two games of the week on Wednesday and Thursday of the season on Wednesday and Thursday this week. And right now, the state of the Montreal Canadiens picks as of right now at this moment, the Canadians are locked into fifth place. An Arizona win in regulation coupled with, or an Arizona win at all, coupled with a Canadiens regulation loss would lock the Montreal Canadiens into the fifth best odds for Connor Bedard. I kind of like the Canadiens odds at that because the Habs are playing the Islanders who are currently fighting for their playoff lives. Arizona's playing Seattle and Vancouver. As it stands right now, that is good news for the Canadians. The Kraken have clinched and Vancouver is bad. Bad-ish, I should say. Arizona, Vancouver is has 79 points. They're not a great team, mind you. We need to be cheering for Arizona to win games. We've been cheering for Arizona to win games, but we need to be the biggest Coyote supporters ever. Go fight the Tempe City Council or the Phoenix City Council or whoever they're feuding with. Go throw on a Kachina jersey. Go cheer for, you know, great Coyotes legends like Shea Weber and Pavel Datsuk and Marion Hosa. We need to channel the spirits of the Coyotes like the giant floating head in that one episode of The Simpsons voiced by Johnny Cash. Root for that. Root for the Coyotes to win. So the Canadians will be locked into fifth. That is what we are hoping for. The Habs are like, are picking, which, God, knowing this team, they're going to win out in both these games because, of course, they are and would end up in seventh, which would be annoying on a lot of things here. But a Coyotes win at all locks the Canadians into fifth place with a loss. That is the goal right now, because on the other side of things, Florida is sitting in 18th. They are currently, I believe, in a playoff spot because the Islanders just decided to absolutely lay an egg. And I'm going to double check this. Yes, Florida holds the first wild card spot. The Islanders are one point behind them. The Penguins are one point behind them. And I believe the Penguins have two crucial Crucial games left. And you want to know who they have to play? They have to play Chicago. And they have to play Columbus. Penguins fans are not confident. The Islanders play the Canadians. The Islanders cannot lose that game if they want to make the playoffs. And also lingering, somehow, the Buffalo Sabres. The Canadians cannot really impact them unless they beat the Islanders. The Bruin, And then the Canadians play the Bruins on... Uh, on Thursday, the Bruins have 131 points and have 63 wins on the season, an all-time record. 
The Canadians' goal differential is minus 72. The Bruins is 124. The Bruins currently have more wins at home than the Canadians have overall. They're going to play their AHL team on Thursday, and here's why I am hoping the Habs get locked into fifth place there. Because you go out on Thursday, and even if it's just like that Panthers game last year that Carey Price played, you go out there, and even if they are resting everybody and they're playing their fifth-string AHL goalie or whatever, go out there and go out on a strong note. Go have fun with it. That is that is kind of what I'm hoping for. And if we're rooting for chaos in the rest of this week here, in which you all know that I, I thrive on chaos, as it stands right now, the Winnipeg Jets have still not clinched a playoff spot. They are one point away from clinching. Calgary is three points behind them. Right now, Calgary is losing one nothing to Nashville. If you want chaos, you need the Winnipeg Jets to lose out. I mean, because that is, of course, very funny. They play Minnesota tomorrow. And the Flames, I believe, do not play again until uh, the 12th. They play San Jose. If you want chaos, you need Winnipeg to start losing again. And if we want chaos in the... NHL's Eastern Conference here. The Sabres win out. The Penguins blow both games to two of the worst teams in the NHL in Columbus and Chicago. The Habs beat the Islanders and the Islanders lose out. The Sabres could make the playoffs. And I think out of all of this is I want Florida to lose out. But they are at 92 points. The Sabres cannot catch them. But the Islanders can pass them the penguins can pass them no yes the islanders can pass them the habs game against the islanders the islanders last game of the season so they can't lose that game as i'm looking at the schedule here the sabers have four games or have three games left to play because i don't know if that's counting tonight yet or not i am rooting for whatever scenario would get the Panthers knocked out of the playoffs, which I mean, believe means the Islanders have to win. The Pittsburgh Penguins have to win or the Sabres have to win in some way, shape or form here. And that is the most chaotic thing I can think of. And so we're here right now. We will do a full playoff preview after this week is over. Once everything has been decided, but I'm going to go down through all the clinching teams as it stands right now. Uh, between Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers, somehow the least repugnant of those teams is the Carolina Hurricanes, which I don't trust them to not kind of get over their own demons. Uh, in the Atlantic, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and potentially likely Florida. It's wild to me that Tampa Bay with 96 points is such an underdog, and admittedly they haven't played well but they still have 45 wins on the season. They've gone to three Stanley cup finals and they play Toronto in the first round in what will I'm sure either be Toronto just deciding to finally get over the hump or Tampa's going to just turn it on, which would be very funny to me. Admittedly for me, I think the team I'm jumping on the bandwagon for here in the playoffs a little bit is going to be Seattle. And I don't quite know why, 
I don't want to cheer for LA. I don't want to cheer for Edmonton, who continues to underachieve despite being 105 points this season and 150 point player. I'm not going to cheer for Vegas because Vegas's Twitter account is annoying. Colorado just won. Dallas doesn't excite me all that much. I might jump on the Minnesota Wild bandwagon too. Don't know why, but I'm definitely rooting for Seattle in the playoffs because it's chaotic. They are the most recent team to the NHL, and in year two, they have made the playoffs. They were terrible last year. They were real bad. And this year, they kind of figured it out. And good for them. I am really excited to see what the Kraken do in the playoffs, to be honest with you. I, as always, my main goal is I am rooting for absolute pure chaos. Upsets and nonsense everywhere. That is what I want out of this. And I'm interested to hear what your playoff wishes are going forward here. Who do you want to see win in the first round? What do you want to see out of these games here? Let us know at LO underscore Canadians or tweet me at Scott Matla as well. And just for full clarity here to kind of wrap the show here, I am looking at Tankathon right now. I'm looking at their mock draft board. Fifth overall, they have us taking Will Smith. Leo Carlson going fourth to the Sharks at 18th overall, Matthew Wood. And if I go into the second round here, they have us at 37th overall taking Caden Price. And I believe it was the Rhabs account, the subreddit account tweeted that if it holds the way it is right now, the Canadians will hold the 69th overall pick in the upcoming NHL draft, meaning they have the nicest possible pick. And that is the note I'm going to leave you on tonight. Please follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadian. Subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts. Follow myself at Scott Mallow. Follow my co-host at The Active Stick. Folks, we will see you all next time.